0: So as we continue on uh, this week in our summer through the Psalms, we find ourselves in Psalm 84 this morning. And so um, the last several weeks, we've been in the Psalms of Asaph, the choir director of David. This morning, we are turning to a new section. And so uh, this is a Psalm of the sons of Korah uh, that Marcos will be preaching from in just a moment. We encourage you to follow along and listen now. Uh, to the reading of God's word, Psalm 84. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Even the sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Amen. This is the reading of God's word. So we welcome Marcos forward now, who's going to deliver uh, the sermon for us this morning. So we're delighted to have you here, Marcos. We look forward to hearing what God has to say through you this morning.
1: Good morning, church. So the last time that I was here, I think it took me about 45 minutes to 60 minutes to be uh, doing my presentation. So I asked Pastor Steven, so do I have that much time? And he said, sure, there will be nobody left. (laughs) But you you can't spend that much time. So uh, let's spend about 30 minutes and he reminded me that there is a clock back there that I can watch out for myself so that I do not go overboard. Psalm 84, as Pastor Stephen just mentioned, breaks a sequence of Psalms of Asaph. And becomes, as we have in our Bible, to the choir master according to the giddith a psalm. Of the sons of Korah. Who is Korah? Korah if we look back. At the time of Moses and Aaron. He was a Levite. And he incited. A revolution. Against the leaders. But before that. Who are the Levites? There are people from the tribe of Levi. A son of Jacob. And they were responsible for some. Things in the temple. Some have to do with the ordinance of the temple, like a door opener, a gatekeeper, and others were involved in priesthood, and others were to do with music. Remember that situation when uh, the Ark of Covenant was taken away? Only the Levites were able to touch that, otherwise, they'd be burned. It's called Commandments of God. It has to do with obedience. So, moving on, the sons of Korah. There, there is a lot of a little bit of contradiction here, and not all scholars agree to the fact that this psalm was actually written by the sons of Korah. If we take a look at Psalm 42. The very beginning of it starts. As a deer pants for flowing streams. So pants my soul for you, O God. And it also says that it was written by the sons of Korah. So what do we have here? Something that is very similar to what the pastor has just read. A longing for God. A desire to be. In his presence, a desire to be in the temple. Other people believe that it was written by David when he was running away from Absalom. The son that wanted to kill him. One of the funny stories of our famous King David. I was looking at numbers and dates and seeing what possible things we can learn from this. First thing that I found out was that the psalm was written in the 6th century before the coming of Jesus Christ. The Babylonian captivity happened in 597 BC, but the temple was destroyed in 586. David died 1,000 years before that. So there is a little bit of discrepancy here. As if David really did write this. So I'm going to go with the sons of Korah. So the reason why Korah uh, created this uh, revolt against Moses and Aaron had to do with the fact that he was not satisfied with his duties in the temple, he was part of the gatekeepers. He was part of some responsibilities in the church. But he wants the office of priesthood. So he was not satisfied in his station in life. He wanted more than what God gave him. And so are so many of us. God has gifted some of us with some specific gifts. And has granted other gifts to different people. So that we become a body. The body of Christ. And that's the church. That's us. Spurgeon. Our famous Baptist preacher. Has something very interesting to say. About the Psalm 84. I'm going to read this out to you. He said that the Psalm 84. Was entitled to be called. The Pearl of Psalms. If the 23rd is the most popular, the 103rd, the most joyful, the 119th, the most deeply experiential, the 51st, the most plaintive. Psalm 84 is one of the most sweet of the Psalms of peace. And why is that? So starts the psalmist. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. At the very first instance, it feels that, that he is interested in the temple more than, than he is interested in God. We understand that this is A psalm that has to do with some pilgrimage. We're going to get there. But the first thing that he's happy about. And that he longs. And that he wants to see. Is the courts of the Lord. It's something that was essential to Judaism. To the Jews the temple was everything. It had to do with the Ark of Covenant. We... Christians do not have that feeling because we are now the temple of God. Because the Holy Spirit is in us. If you have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, that's where you are. But I understand this need, this wanting, this longing. Because I myself, the moment I leave church on Sunday, I keep thinking what's going to happen in my church next Sunday. When I look around so many beautiful things and I was pointed to some of my friends who are visiting today. Like Jesus there with that beautiful window and his disciples sleeping. And behind that we can barely see Jesus with uh, the sheep. We take a look, we take pride. We take pride in our church. We support our church financially. We come every Sunday. But here is a question for us to ponder. Do we come for the church to meet this beauty of our Baptist church? Or do we come to meet the God of the church? Verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself. I'm going to read from this because it's much bigger lettering. So back to verse 3. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. At first glance, you may think that he's jealous that these birds are there. No, he's just saying that he spends so much time there that he can see the birds. Do we notice things in church? Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. And I'm going to stop here. If you start paying attention here, most of you know my background as as a teacher. You're going to notice that this psalm, this text is in the present tense. They're not talking about the past. They're not talking about the future. He's fixed on this very day, on this very hour. This is the present. And that's one of the things that we should be considering every day. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow belongs to God. But today we have it. We have this very moment. And at this very moment, I want to be blessed by my God. I want to be blessed by being in his house. I want to be blessed by studying his word. I want to be blessed by obeying him and living according to the scriptures. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make a place for springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. This term Valley of Baca only shows up once in the Bible in Psalm 84. Doing some research, I was looking at it, and there's two possibilities to explain the Valley of Baca. One you can find in 2 Samuel 5, and it's called the Valley of Rephaim. That's where uh, David fought the Philistines and there in that particular area there had trees, balsam trees. And that's why sometimes they think of this Valley of Baca as a weeping place because the balsam tree, it weeps, it drips just like the mulberry or the aspen trees. The other possibility shows up in Joshua 7. And it's called the Valley of Arhor. But basically what I understand from this pilgrim psalm. Is that they're going through a valley. And when it happens. There is sadness. It's a dry area. At the same time if we go. You don't have to necessarily go there. But let me mention that to you. To Zephaniah, Zephaniah, you're gonna see that they have to go through this time of fall and fall one of the two, the three uh, pilgrimages that every Jew has to go on their way to Jerusalem. It happens during fall, so there is water there. It rains. So here is a little bit of explanation why this Valley of Baca is being mentioned here. And I'm going to read this again. As they go through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. It's fall time. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. Go from strength to strength. The strength that they feel. It's not in themselves. It's knowing that their God, that their Lord, that their Savior is with them. And what does it mean going from strength to strength? I was thinking about it the other day. And I was thinking, was okay, if I eat today, you're going to be hungry tomorrow. If I take a B12 shot today, is it good for the whole month? No, it's not. So it's an everyday basis. Spending time with God is an everyday situation. And that's why the Bible, when it mentions about the manna in the desert, they could not carry it back home and keep it for the next day. It was given every day. The mercies of our God, they are renewed every morning. Why is that? We may ask. Because that's what we need. It goes back to what I mentioned. The present. God is going to give to us. What we need today. Tomorrow is another day. O Lord God of hosts. Hear my prayer. Give ear. O God of Jacob. Again, my curiosity pointed out why Jacob, why not Abraham, why not Isaac? When you study the Jewish, the Hebrew Bible, they are saying there are three different ways of seeing this here. They mentioned three different texts regarding this. And I'm just going to keep it with Jacob. But there are the other parts in the Jewish, uh, the Jewish Bible that mentions Abraham that also mentions uh, uh, what's his name? Isaac. But because you talk about uh, Levites, hey, let's go with Jacob, right? The word "silla," we keep hearing the word Silla, and nobody knows what that really means. Some people think that it's like when you're in an opera, there is an interview, they stop other things, there's a time for you to stop what's being said because it's of such extreme importance that you really have to pay attention. So that's, let's consider for our purposes here this. O oh God of Jacob, hear my prayer. Behold our shield, O oh God. Look on the face of your anointed. Here's a reference to Jesus Christ. Some people were anointed. The king was anointed. The priest was anointed. But ultimately they represented the king of glory. Jesus Christ. Because he only he held the office of priest. By the order of Melchizedek. And also as the king. He's the king of all kings. For a day in your course is better than a thousand everywhere. Can we say that a day in our church is better than anything that we do during the week? That this hour, hour and a half that we spend here is the best day? It may not be the best day today. But can we say that? Do we really anticipate our coming here on Sundays to meet With God? Do we come for the songs? Do we come for the word? Do we come for the message? Or do we come to meet with our God? Do we come to spend time with our Jesus and say to Him, I'm here to look at you and say how beautiful you are? How grateful I am for your. Dying on the cross, and most importantly, rising from the cross, forgiving me salvation because there is something that I could not do by myself. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand everywhere. It's in a way understood that he means a thousand days, but it's not really mentioned here, maybe a thousand years. Right? So what he's trying to say here. That one day in the presence of God. Is better than countless days. Countless years. Because in God's presence. There is joy. There is happiness. There is satisfaction. And there is no tears. The pain of death. The pain of pain. Pain. In your joints and your back, that is going to end when we finally receive our glorified body in heaven. And I, for one, look forward to that. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. This is a reference again to uh, by the sons of Korah regarding to what their father did. He was punished. He was killed. But God in his mercy kept the family. They continued being Levites and they're still in the temple being doorkeepers. And guess what? This time by knowing God, by being obedient to him, they have realized that being a doorkeeper gives them pleasure. Because there's no better way, there's no better place than to be where God wants you to be. Again, being in the presence of our God is the best place in the world. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. This represents God being a protector. He is the son of light. He is light himself. There is no darkness in him. And also a shield. He is our protector. The Lord bestows favor and honor No good thing does he withhold from those who walk upright. I want to stop this here for a minute and go to the New Testament. And let me pull out a text here. That Paul mentions in Romans 5. Romans 5.10 For it, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Being enemies of God prior to our salvation and conversions to Jesus Christ. Now, we are in a totally different situation. We have become Not enemies of God, but children of the Holy God. Children of God. We are the sons of Jesus Christ, our elderly brother. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. I have a couple of notes here that I would like to talk to you about the blessing. You see that all the time. First is in the present tense. Second, we keep hearing the word blessed, 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 "blessing." The blessings of a godly Christian life. May be for different things in life. For a specific. Specifically for you. Or for you to be using that blessing. To bless others. When I was in uh, Israel the last time. I asked the guide. Why is the Dead Sea considered dead? Is there no life there? We know that the level of salinity there is about 30 or 40%. But basically this is the lowest point on earth. There is nothing lower than the. The Dead Sea automatically when it rains all the rivers that may come to it. Reach that point and it has no escape. It doesn't flow into anything else. Therefore whatever it receives it keeps to it himself, itself. So are the same thing with us. If I have something to offer go ahead do it. Just don't keep it to yourself. If you have a gift to share with the church... Do it. It's going to be a blessing for you. And it's going to be a blessing. For the person who is going to be receiving that. We are again. The body of Christ. The head is different from the feet. The eye is different from the hands. But everything. Is a whole complex. That works together. One more point that I would like to make is. Whenever he talks about. Being in the. In, Longing for the place where God is, and that is true at the time when he wrote it because the Ark of Covenant was there, is a representation of the, a true Christian way of life, what is meant to be and what is meant to do. A question that I like to ask is Are we able to use this kind of language in our lives today? On every day? Every hour? Are we longing to be with our God? Or we hope that sometimes during the day God's actually not really paying attention to what we are doing or saying or thinking. Is this truly our experience? Are we able to face life like this person did? Meaning this is all I want. I give up everything. Paul says that for me to live Is Christ. And to die is. Gain. Can we honestly say that. We would prefer. To be bereft of everything. This world can give us. And have instead. Have God. Than the whole world. Can I? Can I really say that? In John 10:10, 10, 10, it says that Jesus wants that for us. He wants us to give ourselves to him, all of us, our brain, our resources, our health, everything. because he says that He has come that we have life and life in abundance. But we can only do that once we have surrendered. Our reasoning, our thoughts, our lives, our hearts, everything to him under his kinship. When we say, the Lord is my God. I remember as a teenager, uh, my sister-in-law said, I can see that you love the Lord. I can see that you think of him as your best friend. I can see that you think of him as your Savior. What I cannot see is that you think of him as your Lord, that he owns you, that your life belongs to him. But do not be afraid. He's a kind God. He'll make the life an abundant life. I'm going to ask you now to please close your eyes. We're going to be making a prayer. And this is my prayer to you. trying God, my prayer today is that you grant us Feet that are quick to follow you Legs which do not grow weary A heart that beats for you Hands that are quick to help A whole body in obedience to you And an infinite disposition to your service As Micah says In verse 6, what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with you, O God. And that's my
0: prayer to our church today. Amen.